Hello and welcome to the Huguenhoff Podcast, episode 68. Today it is just going to be me. Lore and I have had trouble getting together because we are on a different schedule. Uh, he's on a nighttime schedule and I'm on an early morning schedule, so, eh, you know, that does make things difficult. Anyway, I'm hoping for next month to get him back on, but this month is just me, so we're going to continue this uh, Inspired By series that I'm doing, and today I will be doing Thursus as your own. But before we get into that, let me go over some station news stuff. I want to remind everybody, if you wanted to check out my website, please do so, and you can find that at hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. If you had any feedback, questions, concerns, or topics for a show idea, send those to Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com, and you can find that on the website. So, I think we're just going to go ahead and jump in. Uh, fair warning, these I am trying not to um, feel pressure to make them a full hour because I end up just kind of dragging and rambling about this and that. So this one may be shorter, for fair warning, but uh, let's jump in and see where it goes. Okay, as I said before, this is about Thursus. You can find some quick, quick definitions of the runes on my own website under the runes tab. And this one says, Thursus, thorn giant, raw uncontrolled power, the pinched the potential for great destruction. So this rune, when we read the rune poems, has a lot to do with um, giants, really. It's sort of a rune of the giants. So I think it's it's fair to say this is a maybe dangerous rune, or is it, let's at least say there are, there are plenty of negative connotations to this rune. I don't think any of the runes are all bad or all good. That might be a bit of a simplification, but... This one definitely does have some negative connotations because the giants, but it also has some positive connotations because it's connected to Thor. So we kind of ask ourselves, how are Thor and the giants related or similar? And, and definitely both of them are very powerful. The giants are this raw, uncontrolled power that shapes the world or is in the world, and Thor also is a um, a relatively raw, uncontrolled power. He doesn't have the precision that someone like Odin would. Uh, his strengths lie in, well, strength. So that's kind of the meaning of the rune, this idea of strength and, and power and stuff like that. But it's important to remember uh, raw, uncontrolled power is sort of wrapped up in all of that. And we sort of see as we're going through the rune poems, we talked about Feo, which is like the um, movable wealth and the way in which we can be sustained by the earth. And then Urzus was that untamed potential, the ability to to create the universe in our own image, but really also very much the raw, uncontrolled side of nature. Nature has a side that is easily controllable and a side that's less easily controllable. And then we come to Thursus, this raw uncontrolled power, and then the next one is Anzus, which has to do with intellect and reason and maybe using that raw power to actually accomplish something. But this is more, again, the raw uncontrolled power that that exists in nature, but also and especially 
that exists in in us. Um, so there's a lot of different ways I could go, and that's the main meaning there. But some of the things I wanted to talk about is just uh, this idea of of raw power that we can tap into in ourselves, where you know. If you are going through a process, whatever it may be, you're going to write a book or something, one of the first things that you get is the inspiration to write the book, right? You have this inspiration. You're like, oh, this is a thing I want to do. And it's really just as general as that. You're like, I want to do this thing. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what program I'm going to write it in. I haven't learned to write yet. (laughs) Okay, hopefully you're not starting that far back. But seriously, you don't know anything about the structure or what you want to write or anything. You're just like, I know that I want to write a thing. Um, So there's not a lot of precision there yet. There's not really a concrete idea there yet. But it's that stage where you have all the energy. And that energy, that energy that hasn't been directed towards anything is what gets you through the whole process. It's what makes you go through the boring stuff that's no fun to do. And it's what encourages you to actually spend the time thinking about what you want this finished product to be like. And I think, and again, this is on the more positive side, the Thursday's Rune is sort of wrapped up in that. It's... um, that's part of what it is. So, anyway, like I said, this series, the rune inspires me to talk about something, so I'm not really just going through the meaning of the rune the entire time. So I want to talk about that phenomena for a second, because I am the type of person who has lots of hobbies. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. Uh, some people misunderstand me. It's like, oh, I have more hobbies than you. And it's like, nah, is that good? No, it's not actually good because the more hobbies you have, the less you focus on each one. But it's just the type of person I am that I have a lot of hobbies. Uh, Most recently, fountain pens. It does not matter to the conversation. I just wanted to talk about fountain pens. I'm making my own ink these days. Now, let's talk about pH levels in ink. No, I'm not going to do that to you. But that's one of the things that I'm excited about. Um... It's really exciting to get into something like a new hobby. And though I don't think you should have a million hobbies, I I do think hobbies are a good thing. And they're something that, you know, can make you happier in your life. And it's just good to be passionate about things, in my opinion. Um, One of the fun things about getting into a new hobby, though, is you get really excited about it, right? Uh like with fountain pens and me, I got really excited about them and I, I looked at them and researched them and I've done all this work looking into them, uh, which is really fun. But then uh, brewing mead, as I think I've mentioned before, is another one of my hobbies and that's something else that I did today. And I mean, I wanted to brew mead because it needed done for one thing. I, I used the mead in my Kindred, which I really like that, especially when I'm you know, ready for a bloat or whatever, and I'm like, I'm going to go to my basement and get my mead that I made for the gods. That's a good feeling. And of course, when I started the hobby, gosh, I don't even know, 10 years ago or something ridiculous, when I started the hobby of brewing all those years ago, I was super excited and researching and looking in. But now I've sort of... um 
fine-tuned my recipe. I have it about where I like it. I still play around with different honeys, uh, but that's the main thing that I'm doing now. I'm not... I'm still playing a little bit with the acid blend. Like, I used a teaspoon less acid blend. I'm like, well, maybe that'd make a slight difference. But it's very small things. It's not big things. It's not like, oh, maybe I should stop using tannin altogether or something like that. It, and with a wildly different mead coming out of the process. My mead is pretty standard these days. I know approximately what to expect. Which is good, because I'm making it two years before I drink it, so I need to have a steady supply, I need to have a recipe that's sort of been fine-tuned like that. Uh, But what I'm getting at is, so this hobby that I started all these years ago, it's far less exciting and it's far less fun to brew mead now than it was when I started. Um, And maybe less fun isn't even the right word. It's just less exciting because I sort of know what to expect, I know what's entailed. Whereas like the fountain pens, which is my new hobby, um, I tried to make some all-natural inks. It's like you reduce down grape juice in one and tea and the other. It didn't work, by the way. If anyone has fountain pens, don't bother with those recipes. They don't work. Uh, and if you are curious, email me, because really nobody cares. Um... So that was real exciting. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And then I did the thing. And I was like, oh, this doesn't work at all. This is just like a complete failure. And then I found this other recipe going about in a completely different way. And I tried that. And it did work. There's still a lot of things to uh, make better. But it did work, actually. And I had never had, I had never successfully made ink before. So I was like, oh, this is real exciting. This actually works. So now I get, I have a lot of tuning. To, it's not even fine tuning. It's tuning to do on that, to get it really to be where a play to to be a place I want it to be. Um, so I guess that's kind of a a thing with hobbies to think about. Like you've got the long term view, and that's where I am with brewing now. I've been doing it for a long time, and I've got a pretty good recipe down. And it's just going in there one one day after the other and saying like, okay, I know what to do. I got to do it. Um, and I have to have the resolve to keep doing that if it's a hobby that I think is worthwhile. Brewing is a hobby I think is worthwhile. So I have to have the resolve to keep doing it. Whereas the other aspect of like a fun new hobby is just that super excitement. Like, oh, I've never done this. I want to do this. I'm learning something new. And you're just learning like completely new concepts. Uh, and I think both are important and I think both are fun. Sometimes for me, I think my problem, sometimes I, I love the thrill of a new hobby. So I end up starting a lot. Now, I have been consistent with brewing. I mean, I've been doing that for years. So that's sort that's more of an exception then the rule, though, I mean, I went through a hobby where I knitted, I did trains for a while, I did a million different things where they sort of fell by the wayside, and they were a lot of fun to do. I very much enjoyed them, but I don't really do them very much anymore. Sometimes I'll go back to them and be like, oh, yeah, I was doing this, I'm going to work on this for a while, and it'll be fun. But I've never, like, really worked to become an expert in those fields. And brewing, though I don't consider myself an expert because there is so much to learn and so much to know, I feel like I'm still working towards becoming an expert, whereas 
knitting, I've kind of said, well, I know how to do it. I'm going to move on. And model trains, I've kind of said, well, I know how to do it. It was a lot of fun. I might tinker with it now and then, but I'm sort of going to move on and I'm not working to be an expert anymore. Of course, fountain pens I've just started, so I'm making progress towards being an expert, but I don't know if it's going to hold my attention or not. Only time will tell. Uh, So yeah, I think the idea of hobbies is cool and it's a lot of fun to have different hobbies, but I kind of like the Or, I mean, I guess I'm kind of just pointing out that dichotomy between you start out having, like, all this energy and all this passion for a thing, and then eventually that goes away, and you end up having to make a very conscious decision of, am I going to push through this for better results and have the determination to keep going? Because as you do hobbies longer, you have less of that, like, exciting beginning part and more of the, like, need to be consistent and do it on a daily, weekly, monthly, whatever the schedule of your hobby is. Um, But you need to have, like, the determination to keep going even when that initial excitement has run out. And you know something like writing a book is very much that way, too. The first ten chapters are probably going to be pretty easy to write in the sense you will sit down and write all of them because you know maybe that takes a week or something two weeks I don't know depends on how long your chapters are and how much time you can dedicate to writing every day but you know that first even month of writing a book is probably not going to be much of a challenge in the sense it will be easy for you to sit down and write it every day but once you go past that when you go past a month or you're if you're if you're a really fast writer and and you turn out a book in a month then by the time you get to your second and third book you might really be starting to ask you'll really be in the situation where you have to have more self-control to keep uh going forward and you know that's one of the things about ansas too i mean urzas too uh Sorry, my screen just went blank on my computer, and it was real weird. I got distracted. And that's another thing about Urza's too, though, that I wanted to mention, is this idea of raw, untamed power is very much a good or a bad thing, because you can either tame that power and use it for something productive, or you cannot tame that power, and it can end up being a destructive force. Going back to the idea of hobbies here, if I use that power, that energy that you have when you found something new to cultivate that into something useful, let's just for the sake of argument saying brewing is a useful skill and I'm making a product that's a good product. I think I am, but I know that's up for debate. Let's just say it is. So if I get excited about brewing and I put energy into that and I tame that potential by actually looking up the recipes, starting to brew, sticking with it, continuing to make a better and better product, I think that's a very positive, healthy thing and something that will make you, I would think, it has for me, I would think happier as a person in the long run. However, there's also a negative side. If you get really excited about that and you look it up and you do a bunch of research and you're still just generally looking at what you may or may not do, and let's say you buy all the supplies, 
but then that motivation sort of dwindles down and you're like, uh, is this really the best way to do it? I don't know. Maybe I'll research it later or maybe I won't. And then you sort of drop the hobby before you've made anything, but you spend all this money on supplies and then something else catches you. The next thing that catches you is making your own ink. So you buy all the ingredients for that and you're like, oh yeah, 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 I'm totally going to make this. And it's like, oh, but not today because I'm, 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 I'm busy today. And then that one sort of <clears throat> falls by the wayside or maybe you have one attempt and it's a failure and you're like, oh, well, I got some ideas to make it better. But then the motivation sort of trails off and then you want to get into VR. So you buy a VR helmet and you see the problem with this. There's so many things in the world that are interesting and so many things in the world that we want to do that you can't do all of them. So the danger of this, like, inspiration to do something new is that you can, like, halfway get into everything and never actually make a product. You just buy the supplies for your model trains, and then you buy the supplies for your brewing stuff, and then you buy the supplies for this thing and that thing. And all of a sudden, you spent, you know, thousands of dollars and wasted hours and hours of time, but you have nothing to show for it. You don't have a product at the end of the day. So even something where we're really focusing on the positive, because this is absolutely focusing on the positive. It's like the inspiration to create something. It sounds 100% positive. How could that ever possibly be negative? There is actually a negative side, and there is actually a dangerous side, where if you let yourself, you can get halfway into a million hobbies and spend a huge amount of money that you never really get back for. Because I would argue most hobbies, if not all, have a relatively expensive uh, starting point. So if you're taking brewing, for example, the first time I brewed meat was expensive. I had to buy a carboy. I had to buy tubing and siphons to, to move the stuff around. Of course, I had to buy honey and a couple chemicals. I had to buy, you know, spoons, utensils, sanitizer, buckets, bottles, bunch of stuff. It's pretty expensive. But the second batch of meat I made, well, I had already bought the carboy. I don't need to buy another one. Most of my chemicals, I had enough of those left anyway. I didn't have to buy more of those. And pretty much I bought the honey and the yeast. And it's pretty cheap, especially if you consider how much a bottle of wine is versus how many bottles of wine you get out of a five-gallon batch of meat. And many, many, many hobbies are the same way or similar ways, where the initial upfront investment is pretty significant, but then over the long run, it all evens out because it's not that expensive because you're just buying new materials. So... If you just keep making the upfront purchase on a million different hobbies, it's going to be a lot of money that is wasted and also time that's wasted because, you know, researching something to do it is sort of different than researching something because you're curious about it. It might be nice to know the basic idea of how fermentation works <clears throat> just so you can bring it up in conversation or something, but you don't need to know how many pounds of honey go in a five-gallon batch of meat. That's not something you bring up in a conversation unless you're talking to another brewer. So there's there's a lot of practical stuff that you look up like, hey, how'd you do it? Let's put the theory aside. How did you do it? How did you do it? What's the best way to make meat? 
<clears throat> and that's really useless if you're not going to actually brew mead at the end of the day. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so it is wasted time. The research that you're doing is wasted time. And the money that you're putting up front is wasted money. So you can end up just running around in circles and never getting anything accomplished in the first place. So even something as positive as this drive to create beyond yourself can have negative side effects. I think everything is everything in the world is sort of that way. There's positives and there's negatives. Some things are more positive, some things are more negative. Chaotic things, especially like inspiration, it's not ordered, it's very chaotic. You don't know when inspiration is going to strike. You know, you don't know really what you're going to get interested in. Um, anything chaotic like that and unpredictable like that really has a lot of negative side effects if you're not careful about it. But it's got so many great <clears throat> positive side effects, and I'm absolutely suggesting people get into new hobbies and try new things. But that's one of the things that you kind of have to remember. You don't want to just like go on and do a little bit of everything, uh, because then you end up actually accomplishing nothing. So anyway, yeah, that's my little uh, thought about hobbies and, and getting into different things like that. Uh, something else I wanted to mention about Urza's is Darun, uh, again, kind of going with this raw, untamed power, we see that in a lot of places in nature, like natural disasters and and stuff like that. And, and I know that's sort of in the Urzus example, too. There's a little bit of overlap there. Another thing that I think of is like uh, dams and rivers. So the raw uncontrolled power is obviously like a river. But then when you have something like a hydroelectric dam, um, that is taking that raw untamed potential and creating something more ordered out of it. Uh, so I think that's kind of a neat way to sort of illustrate the point of what I'm talking about here, where you've got the raw untamed potential versus the more focused one. Uh, but again, so raw untamed potential, if we think again about Thursus being a rune of the giants, is very much, uh, the giants are very much that. They're sort of chaotic entities. They, they're not weak, and they're not even lazy, really. <clears throat> they're sort of just the, the, the raw primordial powers in the universe, but not directed towards anything. And I think that's the big, the big way in which the gods differ from them, is that they are more ordered, more structured, and they really let their intellect lead them. And I think that's something that we need to do as well. We need to have the power behind what we're going to say and the motivation, but a lot of that we already have. We need the intellect to lead our decisions and let us really make wise decisions and good decisions for us. Um, <clears throat> So the hobby thing is sort of an example, I think. <clears throat> and I was talking about the hobby thing because I like 
hobbies and I've been thinking about them lately. So I'm not going to pretend that I was trying to say something deeper all along. But the hobby thing is sort of an example of, let me say, the hobby thing is an example of where <clears throat> we can we can see this phenomena where there is this untamed power within us and it can be a very negative, destructive thing, like when you just buy all the stuff and you never actually do the thing. Or it can be a very positive thing where you, again, use that and use the intellect to harness the power to make something productive, be it meat or fountain pen ink. And to jump back to the runes, Anzis is the next step. Anzis is where you are sort of... Uh, controlling the power that comes in Thursas and using it for something positive or beneficial. But the, the real-life examples, I think there's all sorts of examples we could think of where, where maybe we are motivated and maybe we have time and energy to do a thing, but we have to make sure that we make the right decision and do the right thing. You know, I'm sure everybody sees it at work where, where you see the person who's working furiously, and you'd never accuse them of being lazy. They're always working. They're always busy. Maybe they're putting in overtime, and they're working so hard, but they're just sort of spinning their wheels, and they're not getting anything done. And maybe you're that person. Maybe there's been times in your life where you feel, there have in my life, there's been times where I feel like I'm working really hard trying to make things happen, and I'm just spinning my wheels. And sometimes the... um response to that is to spin faster you know i'm not getting where i want to go so i want to work even harder and work harder that's great but you have to make sure you're working in a way that makes sense as well you can't just brute force your way through things and a lot of thursdays is brute forcing your way through things and sometimes that's appropriate if you're trying to knock down a wall and you have a sledgehammer, maybe you need to brute force your way through it. But sometimes it's not the right answer. If you have a metal wall and your only tool is a sledgehammer, maybe just hitting it over and over again isn't the best idea. Maybe you should go find a blowtorch or something. That's a real tortured example. But I, I think what I'm trying to say is you need to have that motivation and you need to have that strength and that untamed potential but it's important to remember that it's 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 untamed it's untamed it hasn't been used to do anything yet and we as people need to make sure that we're using it to do something so in your own life are you a hard worker who's trying to get things done and you are motivated to to work hard for the things that you want and if the answer is yes and the things that you want aren't happening Maybe it's time to ask, like, well, I know I have the raw power, so why isn't it getting me where I want it to go? And a lot of times it's just an exercise of self-reflection, saying, like, have I been doing things right? Is there a better way I can do them? Is this a complete and utter waste of time? Uh, something I come across, I bullet journal because I'm a hipster, but one of the principles of that is when you're making your to-do list and deciding what you want to do in a day, you're supposed to look at all the tasks that you're going to do that day and just say, 
does this actually make sense? Does this help me achieve my goals? And sometimes it's really important for us as people to sit back and be like, well, does this help me achieve my goals? If I'm about to play a video game, you say, does this make me happy? And if it's Dark Souls, the answer is probably no, because that game's way too hard. But if it's Zero Dawn, you're like, well, yeah, it does make me happy. Okay, I'm going to do it. But then you'd also ask, well, I plan to play video games for 12 hours and then crash for 8 hours and then get up and do it again. Will that be fun? Absolutely, that'll be fun. Is that the best use of your time? Well, maybe not. Maybe you should think about doing something different. Uh, But it's important to just sit back and be like, okay, I know I'm working hard, but am I working towards something that makes sense? And is all this work, is all this hard work going to get me somewhere that I actually want to be? So I think I'm going to leave it there. Uh, Just to emphasize the point that we all have power within ourselves and we all have motivation and inspiration And the ability to really work hard. And I think most of us are really working hard. But it's always important to sit back and say, I'm working hard, but am I working smart? Are the things that I'm doing really leading me towards the place that I want to be in my own life? And sometimes just taking a moment to think about that, I think is probably healthy. Uh, After the show, maybe I'll take a moment and think about that. I just think it's a, I think it's a good thing to do. You know, it's often something people do on New Year's, myself included. Just be like, am am I headed where I want to go? Because working hard isn't enough sometimes. You have to make sure you're working towards the things that really do matter. You know, are you working to have a better relationship with your family, your kids, your wife? Or are you working really hard for something that you're not going to care about in 10 years? You know, it's something something worth thinking about. Anyway, these are always a little bit rambly, so thank you for um, putting up with that. And I'm going to leave it there tonight, but I did want to remind everybody, if you want to check out my webpage, please feel free to do so, and you can find that at www.hugenhoff.org. That's Hugenhoff, H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. And if you wanted to send feedback or leave messages, feel free to do that on my email address, which is huganhoffpodcast at gmail.com. So again, thank you everyone very much for listening, and I will see you next month. Fra hail.